Four players, five touchdowns. That's right. That's how we roll here on the pre-snap. Chris Meany and I had a pretty good week. We won some on some swag, but we've got plenty of swag left to go around because the pre-snap starts right now. You're listening to the pre-snap podcast brought to you by LineStar, the top-rated DFS tool set and number one companion for DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Go LineStar Premium now at LineStarApp.com. Now, here are your hosts, fantasy football experts, Joe Pizzapia and Chris Meany. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizzapia, and welcome to the pre-snap right here on the LineStar app. It's me, and it's Chris Meany and the LineStar app. We are the quintessential DFS tools website. Make sure you're going over and checking us out on Twitter at LineStar app, and make sure you're downloading that LineStar app and utilizing all the tools there for your DFS and wagering needs. It was a fun week in the NFL. We have two undefeated teams still. We have some other teams that are fighting for the bottom. It's kind of the story of the haves and have-nots this year, Chris. Doesn't it feel that way? Yeah, it really does. And, you know, another the big takeaway for me was the 49ers. Like, I knew that... You know, they seem legit, the defense especially. Another game where Jimmy Garoppolo isn't really forced to throw the football, but this was a a Carolina team that had played well with Kyle Allen. He hadn't thrown any picks. He hadn't lost a football game, and then he goes into San Fran, and he's sacked six times at half. He he comes away with three interceptions. The Niners look really, really good. So, you know, I don't want to say that they're going to be, you know, a playoff team that loses right away because I still need to see a little bit more from that offense, but I'm very, very impressed with what I've seen so far from that squad. Yeah. What's supposed to be a, a league of parody has not really looked like it this year. I feel like, I feel like there's not a lot of parody in NFL right now. And I don't know if they're happy or unhappy about it, but there were certainly a lot of great performances to get to. And we're going to break down all those in a little look ahead to, to Monday, Thursday. We also had a, a trade, a couple trades, but really one offensive one that really matters uh Kenyon Drake again I say it matters but I don't know how much it really matters Chase Edmonds banged up David Johnson hurt uh, apparently Zach Zenner and Alfred Morris weren't enough no no the Cardinals had to add another running back and it's Kenyon Drake now who's going to be thrown to the Wolves I mean the 49ers on Thursday night so uh hooray so you got that happening <laughs> How do you feel about that there, Chris? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess the biggest takeaway is David Johnson's probably significantly hurt here, um, you know, with, with that move. And obviously Chase Edmonds is is hurt as well. He's not going to be able to go on the short week. It sounds like they're going to run Kenyon Drake probably into the ground, you know, on Thursday. But it's a tough matchup. He's got San Fran, Tampa, San Fran. I mean, that's as tough as it gets. And the, the Bucks have the best run defense in football and San Fran like I just said off the top of the show, pretty legit. So, I mean, don't feel great about Kenyon Drake, but opportunity is is going to be there. And on the other side, I guess we'll see Mark Walton tonight with uh, maybe a full workload in Miami, but also, you know, nothing really to get overly excited about. But I guess that's a big takeaway for me is, is wow, David Johnson, because they, they brought in Alfred Morris and then they brought in Zach Center. And they really just kind of brought those guys into to practice to give Chase Edmonds a little bit of a, a break throw practice. And then he suffers the injury. So there's a lot of, you know, moving parts, interesting parts here. I wonder if Chase, De- if uh, David Johnson is even a, a member of Arizona next year. Something to talk yeah, about. I'm thinking not. I feel like they're moving away from that. It seems to be. It seems to be the trend at the very least. And and you know what? That might not be wrong. At this point, maybe it's better that Kingsbury continue to make this team in his own image. They're playing better. They have the right quarterback. David Johnson's got some miles and some injuries on him. So maybe just maybe at this point, you're kind of, I don't know. I mean, uh, David Johnson has a lot of talent, but 
the end of the day, he hasn't been on the field that much. And when he has been on the field the last couple of years, it hasn't necessarily been exciting. No. So, you know, and, and look, uh, I, there's nowhere better to start than that Saints game with the Cardinals. So let's transition right into that and talk about some of the stars there. Latavius Murray, who is my pick at running back this week, found the end zone twice. So very nice for him. And uh, look, we said whether Kamara plays, doesn't play, doesn't matter. Yeah. Davies Murray is going to do well. And then when Breeze was active in this game, oh my goodness, I was so excited. I was on the DFS Today show on Sunday. I host that over on the Fantasy Network and Sports Grid. And let me tell you, man, we were uh, I was so excited that I got Drew Breeze off an injury at home real late in the game uh, against the Cardinals with low ownership. I mean, what it was like a perfect storm of things that anybody who didn't buy into it was just nuts. You've got to buy into Breeze at home if he's playing before the bye. He's good enough to play. Yeah, and he showed it. He showed it. Oh, <laughs> you know, he oh had the God. pick. He had one pick, but he he had an unbelievable game. And he, I'm surprised the ownership was as low as it was on both of those guys, even Michael Thomas. Like it should have been just an automatic plug and play. We we've said so many times before, don't worry about chalk. And it just seemed like people were trying to avoid what was a great play against Arizona and a, and a poor secondary and just a poor team really so Latavius in the, in the two games here without Alvin Kamara I mean he's racked up nearly 50 carries I mean 48 carries is at 100 yards in each of those games he's had three rushing touchdowns and yesterday the big takeaway for me was we know he could do this he's done it before in Minnesota we said this last week on the show he's had a role with the Vikings before this role where they've leaned on him and he's he's been great and then even a couple of years ago in Oakland, he had one really solid season, nine catches on 12 targets yesterday from Latavius Murray. So, I mean, by week, you're probably going to see Alvin come back against Atlanta, but I think this is a guy that's going to be involved in the offense, no matter what going forward. We've only seen him with Le- Drew Brees twice. That's it. Week one and, and this past week as well. So you look at the schedule, Atlanta, Tampa, Atlanta, like there's some games here on the schedule where Latavius Murray, I think could be treated as Mark Ingram. Catch a few balls in the backfield, maybe oh, run a couple in in the, in the in the red zone, and and you got yourself a just because of the offense and how good <laughs> oh. it is a top 10, 15 back even with Kamara in in the lineup. I think. Yeah, you know it's funny though. There was panic going in the beginning of the year about, oh my God, Ziggy Lelly is he going to play? And then he did. And then there was panic about the Saquon Barkley injury. And there was panic a little bit about Christian McCaffrey. Meanwhile, the one guy nobody seemed to have any panic about was Alvin Kamara, and Alvin Kamara is looking like the boss of those top four right now. I mean, yeah, he is. Yeah. Just, just, it's not even close right now. That's just where we are. And uh, for my money, I still think the Saints are the best team in the NFC. I know the 49ers have a great defense. I understand they're undefeated. I get it. Saints are a better football team on both sides of the ball, in my opinion. So we'll see. We'll see. Eventually, we'll get some answers on that. Jared Goff in the quarterback position, pretty good day, too. 372 for two touchdowns against the lowly Bengals. Stafford was brilliant. We talked a ton about him on the show. 343, three touchdowns. Didn't go all where we wanted. We did get our Galladay, that's for sure. Uh, that's all we needed, and that was enough. Daniel Jones, we did not, we're not wow. excited about him. Four touchdowns, a very surprised performance out of him. So good job there. And then, of course, you want to talk about surprises. How about 460 from Matt Schaub? I mean, not a lot of touchdowns, but 460 is a lot of yards, isn't it? It is a lot of yards. And I, I wrote him up at the as a DFS play with the with the footballers. I always like to, you know, one part of me getting the gig with them is is because I got nuts a few years ago with just a crazy play. So I always try to just go nuts with at least one crazy play. And yeah, Matt Job only threw one touchdown, but four hundred and sixty yards. And you know, a lot of that came in garbage time, whatever, it still happened. But the big takeaway again is just this team obviously defensively not great, but the run game is just it's 
non-existent. What we've seen from Matt Ryan is 300 yards every single week because they have to throw the football. So Matt Schaub, at, I think he was $4,700 on DraftKings, um, you know, finishing as a top 15 quarterback. That's returning value. I mean, it is too bad he could only throw the throw the one touchdown, but 52 passing attempts and 460 yards is is pretty impressive. But you know, woke up today and Dan Quinn still has a job. So I don't know. Well, TikTok, TikTok. Yeah, <laughs> TikTok. Arthur Blank was not very encouraging after that game. No, things going was. out of his mouth. We're gonna have to make some uh, decisions about the you know what the future of this organization. Yeah, we know what that means. Like we yeah. all know what that means. So. And you know what? They couldn't get Tevin Coleman working last last year at all when given an no. opportunity when Freeman was sidelined. Look at Tevin Coleman this year. I know things are it's it's different. Maybe the line you can say is better in San Fran, but I know he only touched the ball thirteen times, but found the found the end zone four times yesterday and has been pretty good since he's returned from an injury. And this was somebody that I wanted nothing to do with as a member of the Falcons last year. He just didn't look good. Well, I wanted nothing to do with David Montgomery anymore. And I was the biggest David Gom- Montgomery mark that there is. And I was just done. I was over it. And when you know it, 27 attempts for 137, 135, excuse me, and a touchdown. So is that like more carries than he's had all year? Because it feels like it. If it's not, it <laughs> it's a like third. An it's basically a third. No, 98, yeah. I think he has now. Yeah. 27. Now. Yeah. Now, now heading into this game, yeah, it was like half. But anyway, great game for Montgomery. Yeah. Chubb had what could have been a good game, but a little case of the fumble wumbles, not very good. The running back position was about two guys. It was about Murray and it was about Tevin Coleman, who had four touchdowns on the day, 11 for 105 on the ground, three of those touchdowns rushing. It was just a fantastic day for him. Chris Carson continues to be one of the highest floor players you could possibly have at running back. Great value. You know you're getting like 90 yards in a touchdown. You got to love that value. Fournette, good again. But we're still waiting for more big Leonard Fournette days. Like, I want the big like three touchdown Leonard Fournette. Yeah, come on. Yeah. One. Anyway. 163 rushing attempts does lead the league. Carson second. There is a safety there, like you said. But, I mean, one touchdown. That's hard to do. I mean, to touch the yeah. ball, he's got 35 catches. He's got nearly, so he's got nearly 200 touches and one touchdown. And, and you know what? The Jags are winning games. Like they're what, 500. So it's, that's tough to do. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely, it wasn't a huge rushing day. I mean, McCaffrey had his McCaffrey-esque kind of game, despite the tough matchup. So getting blown their doors off there in Carolina, excuse me, in San Francisco of Carolina. But man, like, you know, it's just, it was not a huge day for the running back position. We had Murray. You had, um, you know, you had Montgomery, who nobody had because Montgomery was left for dead, and he should have been. Yeah. You know, this is what you should get out of Montgomery every game, but you're not going to. So I don't know if I'm ready to buy back into it. We'll talk about our hot takes week nine in a bit. But before we get to that, let's go to the wide receivers, and let's talk about Cooper Cup, who had himself a day. We kept saying, you guys got to keep running it out there. This yeah. is why. Yeah. This is why. I know the last couple of weeks have been brutal, and we took our lashings on it. We both did. We both love Coop in the last two games, and he sucked in both those games. He did not suck this week. Seven for 220 and a touchdown. My goodness, it was a nice day for Cooper Cup. Yeah, he won us all the money that we lost over the past couple of weeks on that. I mean, 220 yards, seven catches at a touchdown. And and Sean McVay was on the Bengals podcast this week. Obviously, there's a little bit of a connection between him and the head coach in Cincinnati, Zach Taylor. And he was just talking really about 11 personnel and just having to put a guy like Cooper Cup on the field as much as possible and to get him the ball as much as possible because he is a weapon and 220 yards. And now he's gotten five games so far this year, five with at least a hundred yards, five of the eight and, and going into the bye week. And then it, you know, out of the bye, 
decent matchups coming up as well. He's he's got to face he's got to face Arizona two two twice. He hasn't even faced the Cardinals yet, so he gets to face Arizona a couple more times. He probably get a hundred yards in each of those games as well. Yeah, Cooper Cup is he's a beast. Continue to go back to him. And recency bias is, is such a thing in DFS. So, yeah, all the Cooper Cup monies yesterday. Yeah, 100%. You, you know, you, you and he's always been a good value. He's not quite in the Michael Thomas tier pricing. He's always kind of a notch below that, and he's yeah. usually worth that notch. In the last couple of weeks, he wasn't, but he reminded you why he is. Mike Evans also reminds you, 11 for 198, two touchdowns. I had a fair amount of Mike Evans shares yesterday. It was a good day. I had Evans, Thomas, Drew Brees, and a bunch of lineups. That was the way to go. That makes Joe a happy boy. I did not have any Aaron Jones, though. Uh, but obviously, showdown slate, I don't really do that. So, But a great, great game for him. Seven for 159, receiving two touchdowns there uh, through the air. Julio had a big day, two for 152. And, of course, Kenny Galladay, who is Chris's pick, had two touchdowns, six for 123. Great bounce back game for Galladay after a huge Marvin Jones game. So, Kenny G, back on track, right? Well, yeah, I, I would like to think so. I mean, the week before was just the one catch and two targets, but he has been pretty consistent so far this season. He's got six touchdowns, three 100-yard games, and really, I mean, you saw the the run game from Detroit yesterday, or, I, you know, quote-unquote run game. It really wasn't there, and with no carry-on going forward, it's just, I think, Matthew Stafford's offense. He's going to drop back and throw the ball plenty and I think he's he's a quarterback that I want to get involved with a lot going down the stretch and moving forward especially if the reports are true that Detroit is going to trade a guy like Darius Slay and the, and the defense is going to allow some on the other end we saw the Giants score 26 you know you mentioned Daniel Jones QB1 on the um, for the week we look forward at, at, at some games here where some teams are probably going to be able to put some points against them Minnesota Dallas they'll probably be chucking so I like Kenny Galladay and it was a we, we were right to to go away from Jones I did say you know, Jones would be a decent play. He really wasn't. But going forward, I like both of these guys. I don't think it's crazy to do mega stacks with two of them and, and Stafford or just choose one and in, in, in different contests. I think they'll both be pretty solid going forward. Yeah. Look, I mean, Watson was good, but, you know, certainly, you know, more on the ground than through the passing game there for him. So that didn't quite work out. The Kenny Stills shares, which we were kind of warning against, like, look, it's going to be very chalky. It's going to be highly owned. And it was. But we were kind of inching away from that a bit. We were saying, hey, you might want to change it up with QT. I didn't think it was going to be Fells. That's what it ended up being. Hopkins yeah. was still good. So my guy was Hopkins. He didn't get in the end zone, unfortunately, but 11 for 109, still a very good day, yeah. especially in the full PPR. But really, there were some disappointing things there. I think Kenny Stills was a disappointment we kind of pointed to. Todd Gurley was one we kind of alluded to. Were there any other disappointments that were out there that uh, either took you by surprise or that uh, you were shocked by? Well, I, you know, not a huge disappointment or a huge shock, but Kiki QT played zero snaps yesterday in that game. And, you know, I haven't heard why. Never, you know, saw any injuries, but, you know, Hopkins 71, still 71. Carter 41, Fells, who you mentioned, 62. Just zero snaps. I, I thought that that was, was pretty interesting and in what was, you know, going to be a high. It was kind of a high-scoring game. It didn't reach the total, but I, I would say – from that standpoint, pretty disappointing as well. And I guess the Jets, really, like, I don't expect much from Sam Darnold and Robbie Anderson, but I expect a whole lot more from Lev Bell. And, you know, you go and sign this guy, whether you wanted to pay all that money or not, Adam Gase, take, like, take the ball out of your quarterback's hand, who has now thrown seven interceptions in the last two games. They have ghosts mm. flying over the stadium. Like, this guy is completely rattled. And Lev Bell gets nine carries. 
it's it's unacceptable. There's no reason for Lebel to get nine carries. You want to make things easier on your quarterback. Why don't you hand it off to to Le'Veon Bell? So nine carries for me, and only twenty is twenty one's the most he's had. He's only hit the twenty mark once so far this season. It's it's disappointing. And going forward, you expect like Miami Giants, Washington, Oakland, Cincy, Miami. It doesn't get any easier than that on the schedule for the Jets. So I wonder if Lev Bell is going to come down in terms of pricing for DFS, and if we even bother going that way because Adam Gase right now just he's he's a hard man to trust. No, he absolutely is. I, I think Gase is going to be done at the end of the year. I really do. And then it'll be the third coach and the third system in three years for Darnold, and, and he'll be, you know, complete mess. And him and Trubisky, like I don't know. Because uh, I kind of look at what happened uh, between Mariota and Winston, right? They're both they were both on that fourth year, right? And yeah. we were looking and saying, okay, is that last year? We're going to see what happens. And Mario is gone right now, and yeah. Winston and, is yeah. all, should be gone, but he's not be, well, for whatever reason. And now next year is going to be that year for the Bears and Trubisky. And I'm wondering, like, are they going to go down this road too, where they're going to push the limit and they're going to be regretful they did? Because Darnold is going to be in year three, and I feel like they're heading in that direction too, both him and Trubisky. Yeah, you're right. Trubisky needs to go. It's now one and nine, the Bears' record when Trubisky throws the ball at least 35 times. I know they they went to the run yesterday, and Matt Nagy this time last week said he, you know, he, I'm not an idiot. I know we need to run the football. It's debatable, but. Trubisky's not the answer, and Nagy wasn't there when they got him. And I, I mean, if you asked him off the record if Trubisky was the answer, he would def- definitely tell you that he's not. So, Trubisky, Winston, Mariota, yeah, these are quarterbacks that I think will be on new teams next year. And and maybe Cam Newton. You you would ask me last week, Cam Newton, maybe potentially, you know, with Kyle Allen losing, maybe Newton close, he'll he'll come back and he'll be something for that team, but. They were pretty fine without Cam Newton as well. So I think there'll be a lot of shuffling. Bridgewater's another guy who could be on another team. Ryan Tannehill's done a good job in two games with Tennessee. They're 2-0, and he has five touchdowns in, in two games. Marcus Mariota wasn't doing that. He wasn't – I know Corey Davis didn't have a great game, but there was a lot of question marks with this offense with Mariota under center, and you know some of them have been answered with Tannehill replacing him. Yeah, I agree, and Tannehill's done all right so far. Got another win. It's a couple in a yeah. row. Next yeah. thing you know, people are going to start talking – all right, Monday, Thursday. Look, uh, this is this is tough. You got uh, three teams that you're not crazy about, and then you got the 49ers who are undefeated, and it's a short week and all that nonsense. But I think this is easy. You stack 49ers, and then whatever pieces you need to help do that, you get out of Miami because I don't think that I think Miami is going to be competitive in this game. This whole two touchdown nonsense. Randall and I talked about on the wagering show right here on Line Star app on the Pick Show. And I don't see how that was my upset special. I don't see how they're going to win by two touchdowns. I just don't see that. So that means in my mind, I think Fitzpatrick and the Dolphins will be competitive and no more Kenyon Drake. So, you know, you're going to get Walton a ton and let's see what happens out there. But to me, it's the 49ers and you sprinkle in some Dolphins and you just let the rest go because I don't think you can make the case for Drake this early. I don't think certainly anybody against the 49ers defense, I want to roll out there. And on the flip side of that too, the Steelers, I just don't trust. That's just my gut instinct. I think I would just stack 49ers, be simple. What would you do Monday, Thursday this week? Yeah, it just seems like I just like running backs in these games. And I don't know if I'm ready to go Kenyon Drake, but he will get a ton of work, especially if there's no Chase Edmonds. I mean, why not just run this guy into the ground? So I, I don't love him, but he, he could be fairly cheap and, and an option if you if you want to spend up elsewhere. You know, Emmanuel Sanders well, probably about, be a little bit more to involved. That point, to that point, Chris, what about going Tevin Coleman and then Mostert 
because Mostert's probably going to play with Breida out. And you could just double up on the 49er running backs. It's not like those guys don't get a lot right. of work. They don't yeah, and if they are going to be up, yeah. The if they're going to be up in the game, the they'll probably they'll probably run the football, right? They probably will. And and today I feel like, or tonight rather, I feel like both backs as well. Like Connor is, if you could find a way to get Connor in there and make him your captain, I know it's super expensive, but James Connor looks like Jalen Samuel is going to be back. And in, in the last couple games that we've seen from Pittsburgh, it's been a heavy dose of Connor Samuels and then Connor and Snell. So I, I feel like that's going to continue. I wouldn't really get involved with Juju Smith-Schuster unless you want to be ultra contrarian. I mean, it's very possible. Obviously, he only needs one catch to, to take it to the house. But that's really the only guy in the, in the passing game from Pittsburgh that I like. And another guy that's been okay is Devontae Parker. He actually has been. The, a lot of people have been waiting for this to happen with Parker. And it seems like nobody's really talking about it. But he has a touchdown in three straight games. He's had at least 50 yards in four of his six contests. Like, that's not bad considering this Dolphins team may be one of the worst ever assembled. So he's actually been okay as well. If Mark Walton doesn't work and that he can't get anything done on the ground, I, I don't hate Parker. Just you got to pick somebody if you are going to play a Monday, Thursday. you got to pick somebody from what I think is three brutal teams and one solid one. Yeah, I think that's what you got to do. All right, let's move on to week nine. Let's get some hot takes going. We always like to do this on the program. We already kind of talked about Thursday. So next week you get the Texans. No more J.J. Watt. He's out for the year. Just a just awful. I mean, yeah. you know, it, such a good Tough dude. luck for that guy. He's such a it great is. dude. Yeah, Great guy. He's a better dude than he is a player, and he's a great player. And it just sucks because you want him to put together a Hall of Fame resume, and he might have it already. I don't know. Ugh, it's tough, though, because he's got a couple incompletes here the last couple of years. Last year, played a full season. I think he had 16 sacks, I want to say. Just, you know, just when he's on the field, he's great. He just needs to be on the field more and just another crushing blow. And this really hurts the Texans. They had some other defensive injuries as well. They're going to go on the road to play the Jaguars. And I got to say, right off the bat, I was very impressed with Minshew and Shark, man. I got to watch a good chunk of that game. Watching Minshew, he's infectious, man. He really is. And I think Jacksonville is going to roll through, and I think they're going to beat the Texans this week. What's your hot take on this game? Anything? Um, You'll get a four-net yeah, touchdown maybe, finally? Yeah, yeah maybe. Um, <laughs> you you, you Boy, have been able crazy. to throw a little bit on Houston. But, yeah, the one thing with Fournette is just, again, it's he, he's been pretty safe. He's been one of those those backs that, you know, he was value. In, in season-long leagues, people were a little hesitant to draft him in late second, early third. The injury history is there. But, you know, knock on wood, he's been – He's been pretty healthy, and the entire offense has gone through him. I have been impressed with Minshew. I do actually think he's on a short leash with Houston this week and then the bye and then the Colts out of the bye. Two division games, two huge games. If he were to lose both of those games, you could see the turn to to Nick Foles. But uh, I have been impressed with him and Shark so far this season. I expect Didi to be more involved. He was dealing with an injury, and he was a non-factor yesterday. I do expect him to be a little bit more involved, but this probably like from a fantasy standpoint, it's probably a game I, I will stay away from beside again, you can dial up Hopkins and, and Watson all day. Yeah. Bears Eagles. That's a game I'm staying away from. I want nothing to do with this. Although you did get to see your Eagles uh, play there against uh, the Buffalo bills this weekend. So you brave the storm and bills mafia and you're here on the show. So that's good. I'm glad you're still alive. Yeah. I, I made it alive. Um, yeah. We kind of took over that, that building in, in, in Buffalo with all the Eagles chance. It was, it was a obviously a much needed win for Philadelphia in, in two games. You know, there's twice I can think of with the Eagles when everyone kind of counted them out once going into Lambeau on Thursday night football, winning that game on the road. And then this one, a, a Buffalo team that's been really good so far this season. And, they haven't given up a lot, especially on the ground, and they really had their way with Jordan Howard 
and with Miles Sanders. So, I mean, it, it's been – it is a little bit better. I don't like David Montgomery against – you know, I don't – if you're counting on another performance from Montgomery like that, I know the schedule gets a little bit easier after this week. But, again, the Eagles' run defense has been – has been pretty solid and you're not going to want to play Mitch Trubisky even against the Eagles secondary. So that's a, that's a tough one, but Sanders is starting to trend up. I know he's not getting those carries. He only had three, I believe. And it was all Howard, but this is somebody now who has more catches of 25 yards or more than Julio Jones, Odell Beckham Jr., Larry Fitzgerald, Adam Thielen, Michael Thomas, Juju Smith-Schuster, DeAndre Hopkins. They're finding a way to get this guy involved. You're everyone's wondering where, Alshon Jeffrey and Zach Ertz is Deshaun Jackson not there. Sanders is is starting to find a way into this offense through the air. So I don't know if you could ever trust him going forward to play in your season long formats. But in DFS, when you look at a game script, you got the Patriots coming up in a couple weeks. Pats are going to be able to score points, no question. Brady's going to have an awesome game, but that could be a Sanders game where he's on the field a little bit more, getting a few more targets. Yeah, I could see that. And, you know, it's uh, Sanders left with the Miles Sanders left with an injury uh, yesterday, but uh, everything looks like it's trending in the right direction with that. So that's good. Colts Steelers. This one doesn't really have my eyes. You got Jets Dolphins. Ugh, I don't know. Sorry. Yeah. I don't want to buy in on the Jets here, even against the Dolphins. I don't like it. You got the Vikings Chiefs. Now, this one I do like. Very excited about the potential of Kirk Cousins in this game against that Chiefs defense, who's not very good. Uh, especially get Adam Thielen back. So Dalvin Cook, all of that, it spells trouble, I think, for the Chiefs. I think we can all agree on that. Chiefs running back situation is not good, Chris. Oh, it is a, not good. They need to mess. run the football, and they can't. They just can't do it. No, they can't do it. And it looked like Deshaun McCoy was their leaning. And I was. this is how I thought it was going to play out, is, is kind of how it was going with Lashawn McCoy. Let's lean on the run game a little bit. Maybe he can get 17 to 20 carries, and then he puts the ball on the ground, and then he takes a seat on the bench. And it looked like Damian Williams – may have gotten cut because he wasn't even on the field hardly he wasn't even touching the ball and then shady fumbles and then it's damian williams he comes in gets a touchdown i don't know if they're going to go back to shady and i don't know if it matters because they haven't been able to run the ball all year so if you're playing chiefs backs in season long and dfs you're really rolling the dice no you're asking for trouble don't do it titans and panthers uh, you expect, obviously, always McCaffrey in this one. I don't think Cam Newton will be ready to be back for this one. But Tannehill's played well. I don't think I'll like it on the road as much. This seems like a messy one for me. So give me McCaffrey and the rest you can keep for the most part. Redskins at Bills. I would expect the Bills to get back on track here. But I don't want to overrate this one, too, because the Redskins have, you know, been competitive. Is that yeah. a good way of putting it? They've yeah. been competitive a little bit since the coaching change. Yep. You know, maybe they did just need a little change of scenery there, but it's not a lot of upside right now with the Buffalo Bills. I know everybody likes Josh Allen from a fantasy perspective, but this past weekend was a little reminder of sometimes you got to temper those expectations. Bucks and Seahawks. Another fumble from that guy too, yeah. Yeah. Russell Wilson against the Bucks defense, though, in Seattle. This one I can get behind. I don't usually like to pay up a quarterback, but when I do, I'm uh, usually looking for uh, – <laughs> for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. My problem is, you know, it's it's like Carson and Wilson. Like, that's the better pairing because I feel like the rest of it's just kind of blah. I mean, I feel like I, I, I feel good about Wilson. I feel great about Carson. The wide receivers, even Lockett, I just kind of throw my hands up and I just don't know which way to go. So I just end up passing altogether. Yeah, I usually just, you know, you hear that term, naked Wilson. You know, or naked yeah, oh, yeah, a lot of naked Wilson. Oh, naked Wilson. Uh, yeah, I mean, just Russell Wilson, and, and that's it. Tyler Lockett did have a good game, 100, 100 receiving yards. And and Metcalf is somebody that is trending up. He does lead the league in end zone targets. 
you know, he, he found the end zone twice yesterday on only three catches, obviously unsustainable, but he's yet to have a game with over five catches. So it is, I, I feel you, it's, it's tough to, to lock down one of these guys, but I think they'll both have good days and this could be the Carson will probably touch the ball again 20 times, but I don't know how efficient he'll be because this Tampa front seven, the defense, the run defense, has been pretty solid all year. I mean, two games against yeah, McCaffrey, they've been really good as well. So it yeah, could they, be just the Russell Wilson show. Yeah, you're you're right. They have been outstanding, number one, against the rush uh, in the league. And on top of that, too, you know, this could be one of those games where Winston, you know, throws. he might throw for three picks, but he might throw for three touchdowns. You might get a lot of Godwin and Evans and a lot of force in the ball downfield because they don't run the ball. And that Seahawks, Seahawks defense let the Falcons back in. They just gave up 460 to Matt Schaub. So let's not pretend like they can't give up a ton of yardage. I think Godwin and Evans will be highly owned next week, and they should be. Yeah. Lions at Raiders. Raiders are a little banged up. They finally get at home, um, but I don't think it's going to be a good homecoming for them because Stafford's played outstanding football. Yeah. Galladay's a matchup nightmare for that secondary, so I'm going right back to that Galladay-Stafford well, especially with the running game in question. It just feels like, just going to get a ton more Matthew Stafford. And I'm perfectly fine with that. I'm at peace with that, Chris. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. I love this guy going forward. If I were to re-rank and not even looking at matchups, I have looked. I know there's a couple tough ones. I think he's got the Vikings coming up. I would rank him as a, a borderline top five QB the rest of the way. There's there's going to be no run game. I don't trust anyone in Detroit. I don't trust Matt Patricia either. I don't trust any of these running backs. Trey Carson comes in. He's getting more carries than Ty Johnson, playing more snaps. No, I, no thanks. I want anything to do with any of these running backs. Give me Stafford and his two wide receivers. And Maybe we can see TJ Hawkinson be something here in the second half, but this is this is Stafford's team now, and, and you're looking at that total as one of the highest on the board, 52. So I think there'll be some points scored. Yeah, uh, I'm with you, man. I'm with you on that one. Packers at Chargers. Now, I am the Chargers whisperer. I did get it right again on the wagering <laughs> show that they would beat the Browns, so I mean, so beat the Bears. So if you're listening to the wagering show, whatever I say about the Chargers, win or lose, just go with it. I know it seems weird sometimes. <laughs> He's feeling it, I, folks. Hey, I picked them to lose against. I, seriously, though, if you go back on this Chargers, you might have to go, <laughs> like, go back. They lost to the Lions. I was on that, right? I was yeah. on that one. I picked that one correct. This past week, I was correct on that one. I got to go back and look at the rest of them here and bring it up while – Oh, we're doing this in the meantime, but it's crazy because they are an enigma. They're not good at home, which they have no home field advantage. So right. why would they? Um, but yeah, let's let's go through it here. The um, they barely beat the Colts that first week, right? That's where we were. <clears throat> then I picked them to lose to the Lions. They did. I picked them to lose to the the Texans. They did. Uh, I picked everybody picked them to beat the Dolphins. So right. we were right there. Uh, then the Broncos beat the Chargers. I was right on that one. <laughs> then we went back <laughs> to the Steelers being the Chargers. I was right on that one. Tennessee. So I'm, I'm perfect here. The Titans last week beating the Chargers right on that one. And then this week, the Chargers beating the Bears and Mike Randall gave me such crap. He's like, stop it. You're not going to pick them because the last couple of weeks I was right. They lost to the, they lost to the Broncos, Steelers and Titans three in a row. And I went, Nope, they're going to beat the Brown, the, the Bears on the road this year, <laughs> this week. And they did unbelievable. And, and they, yeah, uh, you're right. They did. And I just, I was on them too, not to win straight up, but definitely the spread. I was shocked to see Chicago at four and a half had opening up. I know that they're at home, but what is, what did Vegas seen about the bears? I don't know. Recently. To, it's that home to field advantage that stuff. It's, it's, it's yeah, perspective. The perspective of the bears is that they're still as juggernaut defensive team. And Akeem Nix is out and they, they're just, 
they have great players that everyone's not playing up to their abilities and the scheme's not working for them and the balance on offense is is way out of whack. There's just a lot of problems right there for this yeah. for this Bears team. They it was just... a disappointing team or outing really from a lot of the Chargers players though. Like Melvin Gordon, eight for thirty-one again, very mediocre. Finds the end zone, saves his day. Austin Ackler, three carries for three yards, only two catches. Finds the end zone with a receiving touchdown, saves his day. But very, very disappointing. Hunter Henry only had the four for forty-seven. Mike Williams leads the way with sixty-nine yards. Keenan Allen was the big question mark heading into the game. Ten targets, seven for fifty-three. Not awful, not great. Apologizes to everybody on Twitter today for for you know ruining you know a fantasy day potentially. But this is still a team that. And they don't look great, but, it, you know, maybe it's a start of, of something to come. I would just like to see them, honestly, hand the ball off to Melvin Gordon 20-plus times a game. I mean, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I wonder if Gordon's going to – I wonder if Gordon's still a charger by the end of tomorrow. I wonder. Yeah, it's a great question to ask. Yeah, they might just be better off just moving on and then just going back sure. to Eckler and figuring out. Browns at Broncos next week, so we'll see if the Browns can start – Browns have a, a better schedule. They got the Bengals twice. They've got the, the Dolphins. They got the Steelers twice. They've got some winnable games here. I think this game against the Broncos is winnable too. So we'll see if they can uh, drag that out. It's possible. Flacco. Anything's possible. I don't know. Just, just saw recently here, Joe Flacco neck ruled out for that game. And Brandon Allen will start for. Denver. Wow. So that's wow. a game that if you're listening right now and you can find it on your book before it gets locked, Cleveland or uh, Denver one and a half. Not that I, not that I feel great with Joe Flacco under center, but I think I like him a little bit more than Brandon Allen. So yeah, I think if, we could all agree on that. Yeah, I think you can maybe jump on board right now before it just completely comes off whatever book you use. Let's just maybe take Cleveland on the money line or take their spread. Like I said, one and a half for Denver. Cleveland Road Dogs heading into Denver. They may, may be able to get that done. I like Flacco's comments, you know, yesterday about the offense being too conservative. You know, this is a two and six football team. Why are we you know, why are we playing like that? We should be, you know, being more aggressive. I don't know if that has anything to do with him not playing, but it, they are saying a neck injury, but yeah, this, this Denver team is, they're not great. Yeah. Uh, they, that's certainly the understatement. And look, Cleveland will start turning things around. I really like Nick Chubb in that game against the Broncos. So I'm going to hit that hard next week for sure. Especially if you're playing the four o'clock slate only with Carson potentially going up against that Bucks defense, all of a sudden Chubb becomes a really interesting four o'clock slate running back that you really almost have to lock in there. Hundred percent. Especially, you know, you got Aaron Jones in the four o'clock uh, and Josh Jacobs is not a hundred percent. And then of course, eight twenty Eastern, Patriots at Baltimore, uh, Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady. That's just going to be a fun game to watch as a football fan. I'm excited for that one. Yeah, you should be. This is we start to see a little bit more tougher, tougher opponents anyways for New England. I think this is the start of it. And, you know, Belichick is obviously uh, a genius, but it'll be interesting to see how they game plan against Lamar Jackson because I correct me if I'm wrong. I think this will be his first game against New England. I don't believe he played the Pats last year. So it'll be interesting going forward to see. Because you know what Baltimore wants to do. They're going to want to run the football. They're going to want to lean on on all of their backs, including, I guess, Gus Edwards, as well as Mark Ingram and Lamar Jackson, <laughs> slash, you know, quarterback slash running back. So they'll try to keep Brady off the football field. This is this will be a good game. This will be a good Sunday night football game. Yep. And then Monday night, Cowboys-Giants. So we'll see which Cowboys team shows up. It'll be fun. But clearly, week eight now, basically, in the books. We got Monday night football. But uh, we're already looking ahead to week nine. It will be back here Thursday, breaking down the DFS slate for you as always. And then Friday, Mike Randall and I will be back here on the pre-snap. And if you enjoy the show, make sure you are giving us a five-star review and subscribing. We see those download numbers. Keep it up. You're doing great. 
We're very thankful to have you listening to the program. And uh, we're just having fun doing this. And I hope you're having fun listening. So you can follow us on the Twitter machine in the meantime, at JoePizzaPia17, at Chris Meany, at Linestar App, and at Linestar NFL. That'll do it for me and Chris. It's time to break the huddle. The pre-snap is over. There's nothing left to do now except set down with... You've been listening to the pre-snap podcast. Brought to you by Linestar. Hit subscribe, tell a friend, and stay tuned for the next episode from fantasy football experts Joe Pizapia and Chris Meany.